So, <clears throat> offer something just of a of a recap, perhaps quite simple, and always uh, <clears throat> one of the basic themes in meditation is establishing a strong center. I call it a center, but a strong theme. Why I call it a center becomes more apparent when you, as you establish that uh, basic theme, such as presence of your body, body sweeping, mindfulness of breathing, metta, loving kindness. You establish a particular theme, principle, whether it's mental, physical, you know, and you keep attending to it. So that, that becomes your, 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 your mooring post, you know. We recognize that you establish a particular theme and almost certainly there'll be all kinds of other stuff going on distracting or contradicting that. <clears throat> that's basically, that's the scenario, isn't it? <clears throat> so, it's like these things are jostling for position. They want to get into the center. They want to take over. So a particular worry or concern or desire problem wants to get into the center and become the main theme of your mind and then it when it does so it becomes something that a whole cascade and blizzard of feelings and emotions and expectations and concerns happen around and that's what happens you know so you can see from what takes the center you get a whole field the thing that becomes the preoccupation of the mind then dominates the field. Why it's a field is because it's not a single point, it's a whole domain. You know, so if we have a <coughs> mind that's how worry is this becomes the preoccupation, then we worry about the future, the past, the present, ourselves, other people, the house, the job, the lack of it, the presence of it. You know, whatever, subtle, gross, um, worry about practice, worry about monastery, worry about monks, worry about nuns. And then you get, so this particular theme, central theme, just starts proliferating a whole realm, which are all marked by the same characteristic. That realm is a field. The mind does this all the time. You know, it gets a particular point, and then around that, creates alternatives, possibilities, commentaries. That's the way the mind works. That's why in some ways it's, it's a powerful tool. You can take a simple thing like building a house and your mind will create alternatives, possibilities, plans, projects, uh, worries, concerns, joys around that particular theme. You know, and that means we have a lot of feedback on that. Yeah. But what you want to do really is, is establish a particular theme that allows for transcendent feedback, you know, the feedback of insight, which is what's happening. Um, what's this about? Is this for your welfare or not? Is this conditioned or unconditioned? Does it lead to suffering and stress? So, you know, wise attention, appropriate attention. So instead of more proliferations on the theme, you get just a awareness of the theme and a you know skillful or unskillful, good or bad. 
So that always remains our, our kind of check coming back. And then because we do need that support, you keep establishing a theme that feels appropriate, skillful for, for you at this time. And uh, these very basic themes are presented as things that will always be re- reliable. And you can fine-tune them in exactly how you do breathing or how you practice metta or which part, how you do body sweeping. You can go into the details of that. <coughs> what works for you. <coughs> you establish a center. A lot of practice is just about doing that. And building up the skills that will enable one to do that, the patience, the relaxa- the mixture of relaxation and effort, releasing tension, and building up a steady, calm, friendly energy towards that. You know, try again, moment at a time, breathing in, breathing out, and building it up. You can build it up with thinking, <clears throat> so you deliberately think, you know, what's the in-breath? What's the out-breath? What does it feel like? How do I know I have one? What's happening? Vichara, Vitaka Vichara. So you really get into that, and that naturally, the more you get into it, the stronger that central theme becomes, and you get a field arises around that, which is a field of subtle form, a sense of um, a subtle body, a subtle form, uh, and uh, perceptions of, uh, say, lightness or fluency or calm or warmth in these kind of subtle perceptions. And that naturally has an effect on the mind. The mind tends to relax and, and not get into uh, other themes because this one's working well, it's comfortable. That's the principle of concentration. Yeah. So it's, it's certainly about holding a point, but it's also about receiving that you know, the point is established through not through just the one-pointedness in, in a fixation, but through this almost like an inner dialogue you know, around that particular theme, because the mind does do dialogue as its nature. You probably noticed it does, you know, <laughs> quadruple dialogues, at least five voices at the same time. So, you know, we get those happening around your particular chosen theme and get it down quite a simple, clear dialogue. How's this? What is it? How is it? You know, and as, obviously as little verbiage as possible because you know the more verbiage you add to it then the, the more there's a particular energy that goes with that thinking is quite an agitated energy so the less thinking there is the softer and calmer it gets but if you stop thinking at all then the chances are that your mind gets loses its moorings it just dreams so you need to find the balance of enough of that constructive input to gradually firm up a central theme and then you get a field around that which is the field is what we call a subtle body Um, you get a sense in which your your the body we normally experience say you know particular pressures and sensations uh, changes into something of subtler uh, energy subtler sensations A lot of the coarser, rougher stuff that starts to fade out, and you get a kind of a, uh, 
a different body. And obviously the physical form is still here and we're in that, but the experience of it changes, you know, morphs slowly, you know. And the perception. Perception is the impressions we have and the impression becomes one which is characterized by a quality of, uh, of um, coherence, uh, singularity. It's not various bits and pieces coming and going. It's a singularity to it. Uh, it has a, a pleasant feeling, subtle, pleasant feeling. So these subtle bodies, subtle perceptions, subtle feeling, and you get a subtler state of, of consciousness, a station of consciousness. It's called absorption. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the concentration principle, building it up, building it up. And we, when you review that, you know, review like just stepping. What what is this? You know, what's going on here? You could say it's one-pointed and there's only one aim, one intent, one theme. And yet it's not a, a, a narrow point. It's, a, it's a, a field. The Buddha said, you know, it's like a, not one part of your body that's not suffused. So it's, so it's like a uh, likened to a sponge that the, has one character one characteristic, one input, one quality, one aim, one intention, and yet it's not a narrow point, it's a, it's a whole point, you could say. So then you begin to recognize this, you know, that the nature of mind is, is field-like, and that the quality of the field is determined by the central supportive theme. The insight is to recognize, you know, what is this supported by? This is compounded, this is coming to being, it's fabricated, it's, uh, it's happened through particular forms of input, qualities of attention, qualities of intention, qualities of contact, you know, subtle contact impressions, qualities of attention, intention, have established this particular uh, scenario. So that's what it is. And at other times, other input establishes different scenarios. Multiplicity instead of singularity. Um, not abiding in a coherent experience of ease, but of various, many different experiences. Diversity of perception, diversity of feeling. Some pleasant, then unpleasant, then Perceiving this, then different stations of consciousness from the, um, you know, within that particular mundane plane. If you're kind of happy and then anxious and then concerned and then worried and then, you know, released and then. So there's the, you know, it's shifting around. It doesn't station very well. But what we can contemplate or recognize as you as you get more established in that is that naturally of course this means that 
no field is is permanent. No no domain, no world, you know, <coughs> is permanent or established. There isn't one. There are ones that are a lot better and more established, more coherent, more stable, but there aren't any. I mean, just, okay, you know, check it out. Now that, you know, could be, so what? Except that with um, deeper contemplation, the dispassion that arises around any particular world that we experience, any scenario that we're in, sense, oh, it's just this. It too will change. It's not mine. I'm not in it. I'm not apart from it. It doesn't belong. You know, that whole loosening of that. Now, that, that is the main point of, of insight practice, is to keep acknowledging this. So there's a loosening of these very fundamental tendencies we have to occupy, to take hold, to defend, to you know, get some ground to get out of this, this one, get into that one. It's called taking a support or upadana, clinging, feeding on, establishing oneself on some kind of uh, field. But, you know, when those are really understood to be innately compounded, not established, not, not uh, firm, then there is this kind of increasing dispassion towards that. This isn't something that's really a technique, it's just a process of maturation. (laughs) And uh, that's why in a way you get so far with uh, doing meditation and doing particular systems, then you just got to basically stay with it and, and let the learning grow. It's rather like, you know, you learn some French in school, and you've got to get out on the street and just get used to thinking and speaking it. But this is even more um, process of time because there's such an immense group and human pressure to do the opposite to letting go, you know, to, to really establishing and finding oneself in something, as something. You know. So this really is... Um, you know, a lot of learning uh, that you can't you can't force it. But you're going to keep coming back to that because the one thing about it is it's actually true, and uh, also the truth of that. If we even we get it for a few seconds, is is wonderful. It's not helpless, insecure, you know, blown out, nowhere to go. But actually, it's, a, it's a, a feeling of relief and release. And if it wasn't that way, then there'd be no way in which the Buddha would recommend it or say, this is the highest happiness. Hmm. But you have to kind of get to those places where there is that kind of letting go, almost on a reflex level, a dispassion, you know, why am I holding on to this? Why am I making such a thing out? What is it that makes such a thing out of this? Not even why am I doing it? What is it that does that? 
can that be seen and known and relaxed, calmed, released? So for that, we're not taking an issue with our with his attachment experience. You know, getting identifying with it, chastising ourselves, but just what is that? You know, it seems there are certain things a very common need to hold, need to defend, need to be fed by something, something enjoyable to get into, something we feel secure. Is it possible to feel those qualities of secureness, of completeness, of wholeness, of satisfaction? And this is why, uh, you know, absorptions are recommended because they do provide the mind with with that. And as you get some kind of calmer, gentler, more released, more relaxed, you know, I can let go of this other stuff. The mind gets used to that that letting go, that don't need it. Fulfilled already, don't need that stuff. You know, It's not a moral disapproval, it's just a recognition of why carry something you don't need. So the mind gets trained, used to that, that experience. And that's how it's, it's gradually educated. To, you can do this, there's also this one you can do. You can do this, you can do the holding, feels like that, and you can do the you can experience that, oh, how nice it is not to have to be doing that, holding that. That's, and there's a process there where it's like you just keep like training a horse or a sheep or a dog. You take it there to the place until it gets tamed and used to that place in its own time. Then it you know, starts to shake off its, its wild habits of fear, insecurity, need, and so on. So this is the, the can I say, the maturation process. And so when we have a situation, um, you know, long, longish retreat, something about the everyday quality of it, just going back to that place again, you know, and certainly there's a bit of input that you can sense, you know, time, future, things we need to, you know, things we need to do or sort out. And you think, oh, what's that, you know? Mm. And you come back to the same meditation hall, same as it was three months ago. Wow, you know, where where's all this stuff? Yeah. That's why I think, I personally really like the sense of the regular routine, there's something we doesn't like routines, but when I, you know, find something that actually are the sense of the sameness of this has got a certain centering quality. Not about time, place, development, change, issues, things like that. It's just here we are, stone floor, simple building, shelter, space, quiet, you know. And it almost supports that that uh, return to firming up a, uh, a center and witnessing the changes that that naturally are part of our life as what they are—the wind blowing through the movements. Of course, you can perceive them in other ways, which also have relevance. You know, 
things have a relevance in their own domain, but on the domain of insight, the relevance is this is changing, passing, compounded. You know, there is a release from this. That's that's what the domain of insight. That's that's what that's about. And of course, the sense is that the more you do that, the more with you can tackle the relative more competently because you're not so stressed by it, not so wired up by it, not so compounded by it. Just, you know, it doesn't become, it doesn't get you so hard because you don't take a stand on it. So then, that's the that's the way it integrates. Okay, so it's just kind of summarised because obviously I think, you know, I think for all of us, you know, it's that ability to spend some time just centering and, you know, it's a process, recognising what that is, the field, the mind, the mindful awareness and the domain of insight.